That's even oh, what uh red highlight. What? Chiefs, what what's wrong with that? All right. Yeah, uh, we got some good good trades. I'm gonna get started. Let me open up a couple screens here so I'm ready for that. All right, let's push the let's push the buttons. No, you don't. You don't have anything to do. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash rabrkyledrickinson.us. That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot U.S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R A B R. K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. And now, it's time to talk Star Wars. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. And then we've got, we've got Rick here, too. Got a full house today. You need to build him into it, bro, bro. Yeah, that means I have to re-record. Oh, my God, that's so much work. Um, eventually I will. Oh my God. Rick hasn't decided about time during the week. Rick doesn't. Well, how I don't, I got to work. Rick hasn't decided if he likes us enough yet. So yeah, this is just a trial. You don't like it. (laughs) You you guys haven't paid for the real thing. I'm just on a trial. (laughs) You know, temporary basis. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was just going to point out that it's funny that Scott's got a hoodie on and overalls. It was cold this morning. He's got and two stereotypes wind, going there. Hard wind over here. Oh, they got wind. Okay. I, I didn't want to All bring right. Farmer, Farmer Scott, did you get the cows fed today? Yeah, <laughs> you did. I have yeah. a one. I have a one two one and a half year old. Red tick coon hound boxer that, that she don't run for an hour and a half or more a week. It's chaos. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Red tick. Yeah. So Joe's park and she in her her both ends. Oh, he got in the pot the pond today, and I'm not too happy about that. But, you know. Well, as you can see, it's a beautiful 65 and sunny. At the Northwest Ontario Lodge. Mm. I'm glad you could use. Yeah, I'm glad you could borrow our jet today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving on. Today we're talking about the Bad Batch season two episode uh, fourteen. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't I update something. It's. <laughs> Uh, we always do bad batch in uh, tipping points. The name of the, sh- the episode. That's right. So, 
Uh, oh, I forgot. You are your mother. You are your mother's son, and doesn't don't what, do I don't know. how to alphabetize. What does it have to do with alphabetical? Bad batch yeah, is first. B for bad batch. But yeah, you know. No. Anyway, <laughs> this is a stupid argument. So we're gonna do the news. It's time for the news. And the news is uh, nothing exciting. We don't have any exciting news, but um, we've been talking about these uh, um, different types of uh, vehicles and stuff, I guess we could call them. Let me get my screen shared. Make sure I got some sound going. Oh, Rick fell down. Rick fell over. Whoa. Rick fell over. All right, so uh, this vehicle is called the uh, All-Terrain Reconnaissance Transport. This is like the standard-looking one. We've seen some of them that are a little different than this one. This is the standard Um, Mm two-footer. We saw one last week that had uh, like a claw for a third foot to balance or or pick up stuff. Is is that the Chewy Mobile? um, I think this one's a little different. So this is uh, an example, but there's different, uh, let's say, models. So, okay. Um, but this is, uh, like I said, uh, it's a scout transport kind of a vehicle. So they're scouting or they're, you know, reconnaissance type of stuff. They're not. It's got it's got some pretty good um, cannons on it, but it's not made to, uh, you know, be in a, a battle. Pew pew. Um, it has a flamethrower, it looks like, and a 38 mm-hmm. uh, laser cannon, um, mortar launchers. There's no room for passengers, but there's only room for one pilot. Uh, support, civil defense, post battle cleanup that's what it was used for. And as you can see here, it was used by pretty much everybody. Um, Galactic Republic before the uh, Empire, and then the Empire uh, Imperial Army Alliance used it. Um, First Order used it, and some security company that was probably related to something else. See, this is what it looks like with a person in it. Mm. Closed in, see? Mm -hmm. It's just a walker where you're open out in the open. That's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if we've ever seen one of those in a in a show no. yet. Let's see. It'll tell us here. It says it was used during the Battle of Ryloth. Uh-huh, uh-huh, nothing. These might have been seen maybe in some video games or something. That could be where it probably was. Uh, scout Troopers. Yep. It's not, not necessarily in any movies. Uh, the First Order used the Walker... Um, yeah, I don't remember what that came from. It's probably a game, too. Stupid pop-up. And let's see. Yeah, police support, backup support, uh, you know, scouting. Wasn't you? It wasn't really made. Now you can see here the handlebars and stuff in the seat. Now, now that I saw the person on it, I can see the seat. There's a saddlebag on the back there. It's not interesting. Um, oh, no. So it's almost like a like a, a speeder, but it's got legs instead. It's pretty much what that is. 
Um, then we've got a second one here we're going to talk about, and it's called the self-propelled heavy, heavy artillery. Eh, can't talk. Heavy artillery turbo laser. You can see the picture here. Um, let's see if I can make it any bigger. That's a little bit bigger. This one here in the middle is one that's not being um, fired, and these other two on the sides are the same thing. They're being fired. It's like a tank. It's got it's got, but it's got legs. You can see here barely on here that it's got uh, five, six, eight, eight legs. No, those are legs. Let me get in closer. Can't really tell, but see, there's legs there. There's no tracks. There's people in front. Oh, those are definitely legs, but they're huge legs. Look, I mean, the feet go way out, out there for stability, I'm sure. But uh, this is mostly just a cannon type of vehicle. It's got this big, huge turbo laser on it, right? So uh, it's 140 meters long. 35 miles an hour, a crew of 30. Um, so 30 people can fit in that. Crew of 30. Yeah. What are they doing? Pedaling? Twiddling their, twiddling their thumbs? I don't know. They're pedaling. Takes a lot of people to charge up the laser. I don't know. Could be carrying people, too. It just doesn't. Well, they have, they have the planet star, death star thing, and they use it in the sun and they go, boo! Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Ah, it's going to pop up again. This is a and, uh, they were used in defense against sh uh, ships that were landing. Um, the are altar, I can't say that word today. Artillery walker were generally deployed in squadrons of four and were usually placed behind advanced walkers. Mm -hmm. um, so they were uh, they were the heavy long range cannons that uh, might might uh, police yeah. the sky a little bit. Um, and I wanted to see the history here. So if we've seen it, and I think I've seen we yeah we've seen these in a. In the attack of the clones, um, uh, probably when they were fighting the Gungans and whatever, when they, you know they had that weird shield thing or whatever, we probably saw some that during that time. Um, and the first appearance of the Zillow Beast, in, uh, which was in uh, Clone Wars, the, the animated show. Mm -hmm. We saw one then, it says... Uh, let's see. The cannon was about set 60 meters long, it says. Pretty long cannon. Uh, that's pretty much it there. It's not a lot about that. So that kind of um, actually closes out all of the um, walker type of uh, weapons. Hey, Rick, we can catch a fish there. Yeah, he's sleeping. But we can uh, we can pursue other uh, types of weapons too if you want to go keep going on. Um, you know, not today, but you know, later next week, whatever. 
I have uh, something different for news for the uh, Mandalorian today. In the news. So that's the end of the news. And we want to tell people not to uh, go any further if they haven't watched the episode. We don't want them blaming us for being spoiled. Um, but we're gonna, but we're gonna spoil them from going forward. So, uh, Uh-oh. we had we had uh, Saul Ruiz was the director of our show today. Um, the writer was Jennifer Corbett and Matt Mitchellovitz. Story editor was Matt again, and uh, I added this time the uh, musical score was done by Kevin Kiner. He's been doing all of the music for the Bad Batch. Every episode he's he's done the score for. Um, and then our cast today, um, we had Captain Pierce, um, and then one of the Imperial Techs and a Stormtrooper number four was done by Ben Diskin. Um, many of the clone troopers, Fireball, Gregor, Hauser, Nemec, all done by D. Bradley Baker. Um, Doctor, yeah, Fireball. Fireball and Hauser is pretty cool too. I like Hauser. Um, Dr. Royce Hemlock was on our episode again, played by Jimmy Simpson. Um, Dr. Scaldler was played by Helen Sadler. And then Emery Carr was played by Kaisha Castle Hughes. We also saw Governor Tarkin for, in a video call. He was using Zoom again. Um, one of the Imperial pilots, Stormtrooper number five, all done by Stephen Stanton. Again, we saw the people at uh, Pabu this week. We saw Lana Hazard, played by Andy Allo. Um, we also saw Shep Hazard, who also, same guy, voiced Stormtrooper number four, Imari Williams. And then, surprisingly, we saw Senator Chuchi this, this time, too. Um, what, her skin is blue, but she's got pink hair or something weird. Jennifer Hale. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had one person play Stormtrooper number one, Stormtrooper number two, which is Norish Dolly, which is the same guy that played, uh, you know, our, our favorite uh, uh, badass, bad bad guy that uh, is always threatening the Bad Batch. It's not a doctor. So that means we get to play a commercial. And now, a word from our sponsors. Does your bald head take a beating from shaving the sun and all of the things Mother Nature throws your way? Do ladies look at your dry, sunburnt head and cringe? Well, guys, there's a new product out there in the head care market that promises to rock your head. I mean dome. Looks soft, clean, and touchable, and it's trending number one through social media and on YouTube. Introducing Dome Armor. It conditions with moisturizers like coconut oil and shea butter, protects with sunscreen up to SPF 45, and enhances your already sexy dome into an irresistible hands-on experience. Keep your head, I mean dome, safe and protected. Get dome armor. Now available in fresh bacon scent. Sure to get the ladies to come running in fine stores like Walmart and Lowe's. Oh, and for those still struggling with minor hair loss, try Grogain. This product will refresh, revitalize, and regrow hair on your dome. Just like Rick. Look at it. It's all fluffy. 
All right, I gotta change this because I'm sharing my screen stuff that I don't yeah. want to share. It's okay to share it, but I, I just don't want to share it anymore. I didn't want to miss the uh, audio, so when I switch it, I have to change it so the audio comes back, and I have to. Anyway, so uh, that means we're going to watch the, uh, or we're going to talk about the Bad Batch season two, episode fourteen, Tipping Point, which aired on March twenty or twenty second. Um, was only 30 minutes long this time, and we're still in the uh, 18 before Battle Yavin timeline. So that means it's time for you to pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. There, that's good. All right, so today uh, the episode opens with the three descendant former clone troopers including Hauser being escorted aboard a Ganzenti-class cruiser. Uh, stormtroopers under the command of Captain Pierce, which is the uh, guy that got on the elevator right there at the beginning. He had the weird-looking hair. Captain Pierce, uh, the cruiser reaches um, the space above the planet of Balamora, but is attacked immediately by another starship before it can jump into hyperspace. So somebody knew they were coming, and somebody uh, jumped in right there before they jumped out, and they immediately disabled their uh, their their hyperdrive engines, didn't they? Yep. Um, it's it, the attacking starship, led by clone veterans Gregor and Echo, disabled the hyperdrive and their defenses, so they can't uh, they can't track them enough to fire weapons uh, accurately. Let's just say. Uh, they, Gregor and Echo command several other clone troopers that are helping them out and uh, preparing stuff. Um, after disabling the cruiser's weapon system, Echo and Nimic lead a boarding party aboard a smaller leech ship that drills through the upper of the hull of the cruiser, which I don't know if you guys noticed that. So they attached at the bottom because that's what, uh, you know, the, the Empire was expecting, but they put their other ship on top and actually drew the hole in to sneak in. Um, yeah, that little pod thing came off, too, though. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Jettison off and then kind of flew over. Exactly. It was a weird little okay. ship. Uh, okay, uh, that, is, uh, that drills to the upper of the hull. Gregor attaches the starship to the forward docking port. Um, Captain Pierce warns the troopers to prepare to be boarded. Big announcement across the whole uh, the whole ship. It sounds like uh, descending from the leech ship, Echo and the and two clone troopers shoot the stormtroopers defending uh, who enter the vessel at the forward dock. Gregor Gregor throws a grenade that electrocutes the first group of stormtroopers. He just opens it up real quick, tunk, closes it up, and they look. It's funny, they look back down the rest of the troopers and like, why did they close it? Why aren't they coming? <laughs> They're like, I don't understand. That's and then he takes then he then he jumps out and takes several with his blaster. Under attack on two fronts, Pierce issues orders to initiate the protocols and erase the databanks. Echo and Nimic and their team secure the engine room after taking out several stormtroopers and sentries. While the clone troopers Clone trooper named Fireball frees Hauser um, and his comrades 
Echo and Nimic lead the attack on the bridge. They eliminate the sentries and take out Pierce's stormtroopers. While Echo attends to retrieving the data from the databank, Nimic interrogates Pierce at gunpoint. However, Pierce commits suicide by hitting a suicide shocker. That's what they call it now. The same thing that that one, uh, you know, sniper clone used. It was a suicide shocker. And it's a future. Yeah. They now have a, an article about what that is. It's a uh, suicide assisting weapon that can be implanted inside an individual's mouth. It was activated by biting down, which results in an electric shock that kills the user. So I was right. It was a shocker. Shocker. And uh, it does mention here that the clone trooper, clone trooper sniper used the same thing. And okay. Captain Pierce, as far as we know, are the only ones that have used it. They were Wait, it says here that um, someone else used it uh, later on in the future. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, where were we? Uh, Shocker inside the mouth. Gregor informs Echo and Nimic that they have liberated the prisoners and fall back. Echo uh, wants to retrieve what's left of their files. Shortly, um, the Imperial enforcements arrive in a form of an Imperial light cruiser and several V-wing starship starfighters. Echo tells his comrades to buy more time, but Nimic disagrees and pulls out the data rod. Pulls out. While Gregor detaches the ship, Echo and Nimic escape. In the leech ship, following in a dogfight, they dock with Gregor's ship and flee into hyperspace. And it looked like there was a couple TIE fighters that were attacking them too, didn't it? Yeah, they were getting attacked all of a sudden. The big ship came. Yeah, TIE fighters, like six of them. Yeah, so uh, elsewhere, on Mount Tan Tanisus in Wayland, two stormtroopers frog march Crosshair out of his cell. Frog march. I guess that's because he's got cuffs on his legs. <clears throat> While walking through the cell block, he notices several clone troopers inside cells. Crosshair is ushered into an operating theater where Emery Carr warns him to cooperate with Dr. Royce Hemlock. Uh, Hemlock arrives with a clone commando and remarks that Crosshair has recovered remarkably, remarkably fast. When Cross Crosshair asks why he's here, Hemlock assures him that he's not punishing for shooting his commanding officer, which he opinions uh, shows Crosshair has initiative. Hemlock offers to give Crosshair a clean slate in return for revealing the location of Clone Force 99, adding that they have something that belongs to him. Anybody anybody actually believe him saying he's going to give him a clean slate? No. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's, going to, he's going to use the... Uh, what was that thing called? In, uh, in Mando, the... Uh, mind thing. What was that called? Mind Slayer. Mind, mind Flayer. There you go. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna give him just a pleasant feeling. Yeah, it'll be just a tingle. Exactly. 
Uh, clean slate, exactly. Crosshair says that the Bad Batch won't give up Omega that easily. Um, and Hemlock disagrees, saying that Omega is Imperial property. They have to give him up. What I mean, we own her. What the hell? It's the rules. Like, why wouldn't they follow the rules? I don't get it. Everybody. Hemlock. Yeah. Hemlock reiterates his offer of helping the Empire relocate his former squad in return for his freedom. When Crosshair responds that he doesn't know where the Bad Batch are, the stormtroopers force him onto an operating bed as they restrain him. Hemlock asks if Crosshair knows about how they think, operate, and who their contacts are. Crosshair is very uncooperative, prompting Hemlock to bring in the ITO interrogation unit, which is a a weird droid that I don't know has a needle on it. I don't I don't understand what this thing does because it because he starts shaking once the thing puts the needle in there and it stays in there. I don't get it. Is it shocking him at the same time? I don't know. It says here the ITO was developed in secret by the military. Imperial Department of Military Research, which is Hemlock's department. Uh, it was used to extract information from prisoners through use of mind probes. So what are they sticking his head? I don't I don't know. Jedi, however, were known to have been trained to resist a mind probe. Uh, and so on and so on. So what's a mind probe? It's a version of the mind slayer that slayer, so that's what, that's what I yeah. yeah. All right, so I don't like that then, needle. Yeah, you don't like needles. I don't mind needles. I just don't like needles getting close to my eyes. Yeah. All right. So he said. However, they are they are interrupted by Doctor Scadler, who informs Himlock and Carr. That one of their transport ships was attacked while departing Balormora. Uh, while interrogating the, while the interrogation droid commences injecting crosshair, Hemlock leaves Carr to supervise the interrogation. Meanwhile, on Coruscant, we're all over the place. We've been this is their third place now. Echo and Gregor bring Hauser and his men. To Trace Martis's repair shop, where they rendezvous with Senator Chuchi, who offers refuge to the rescued clones. Hauser tells her that three out of the eight men survived in the prison population. When uh, Chuchi asks why Hauser and her other clone troopers were being imprisoned, Echo explains that they were being imprisoned for questioning Imperial orders. She identifies as a cat. Something. <laughs> he and Gregor intercepted them while they were being shuttled off-world. Hauser does not know where they were being sent. Recalls that several clone troopers were transferred off-world uh, a few rotations ago, adding they never came back. Chuchi the cat says they must find out where the ship was headed. Meow. Echo replies that they covered heavily encrypted information, which he plans to bring to someone who can crack it. Oh, Chuchi okay. says that she will take care of 
things on Coruscant and and to see what they can find out and tells Echo to be careful. Kissy, kissy. Don't go far, Echo. I like you. All right. <laughs> Back on Mount Tan- Tamsis, Carr suspends the interrogation when a stormtrooper protests, saying, Hey, we were told not to stop until he talks. She responds that the prisoner cannot talk if he's dead. Come on now. You don't put your gun down. Yeah, that's what's going to happen here in a second. Um, but I think, I was going to say, I think um, we're seeing that um, Carr kind of likes uh, Crosshair and is probably going to help in his escape attempt if he escapes later on. I don't know. She she seems to sympathize with him a little bit. So uh, while Carr consults a computer, the guards try to secure his restraints under her orders. However, Crosshair grabs a blaster pistol. Pew pew, pew pew, and he shoots the troopers and the interrogation droid. Carr attempts to reason with Crosshair, but he forces her to free him at gunpoint. He says, "I need your, I need your keycard pass. Give me, give me." She tries to convince him that he can't escape, but he stuns her uh, with her bla- He stuns her with her blaster. Crosshair makes his way through the corridor and shoots two stormtrooper sentries. He's kind of staggering and groggy. It seems like too. He unlocks a blast door only to encounter four armed stormtroopers. Crosshair takes shelter behind a panel and shoots an overhead pipe, which releases gas that disorientates the stormtroopers. He then takes advantage of their confusion and shoots them down. And I want to point out here, when he's shooting at these guys, if you guys notice, he misses a couple times. Normally, he doesn't miss at all, but he misses at least twice that I saw, maybe three times. He's got a big needle in his head. Come on, give the guy a break. He had a needle in his head. God, come I know. On, I'm just, I'm just saying he missed. He missed. He doesn't miss. That's all I'm saying. Crosshair then enters Terminal Three and uses cars access card to send a transmission through a satellite while saying Plan 88. Stormtroopers detect the unauthorized transmission and steal the room. Crosshair issues a warning to the Bad Batch before being incapacitated by a green toxin. Kind of looked yellow to me, but green, whatever. Hemlock enters... It's green on my television. Okay. Enters Terminal 3 with the Stormtrooper and tells Crosshair that he has developed a toxin, which he has an immunity for, but not Crosshair. Crosshair closes but, his eyes. But, 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 but there was a stormtrooper in there, too, that it wasn't affected by. Well, they're, they're supposed to filter. They have filters on those. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah. know. But I, I understand what you're saying. I saw that, too, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, did he give the immunities to the stormtroopers as well? I don't know, but we know from um, future movies. You know, uh, Finn. He tells us that there's a there's a there's a breather filter in the in the mask. True. Oh, future movie. 
Uh, it's a million right. pictures. That's a spoiler Else- of a spoiler of a spoiler. Exactly. Elsewhere on Pabu Island, life has returned to normal on the lower levels since the recent tsunami. While unloading goods at the dock, Shep Hazard asks Hunter about visiting uh, about a visiting clone friend. Hunter reassures Hazard that he is not with the Empire, which mm. pleases Hazard. Wrecker tells them they finished helping rebuild the fishing dock and displays a large purple fish he caught for dinner. Big fish. Three Big local fish. Go- girls, including Lana Hazard, recruit Wrecker to help them fortify the seawalls. Hazard tells the Bad Batch they have become an integral part of the island community and asks if they consider settling down and staying. Hunter responds that soldiers find settling down as an occupational hazard. And Hazard asks if it's just because they're soldiers. Why can't they not be soldiers? I don't know. Meanwhile, Tech gives Omega flying lessons. It was a touch of Omega giving Tech a heart attack. Yeah. It was funny stuff. He's, he's like, ah! She's like... Well, 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 Kyle, you know, you're, you don't have an offspring or never taught anybody to drive. Yeah, but I remember what it was like when I first learned how to drive. <laughs> It'll put, it'll put years on your the pe- the person that's riding with you. Yeah, well, I know. yeah, and you tried to kill me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Under Tech's guidance, she takes the ship down and up repeatedly. Tech remakes <laughs> remarks that the alarms have been short circuited, but commends her improvement due to his teaching skills. She short circuited all the alarms last time they flew. Donkey watches the flying lesson in the cockpit. Tech asks Omega with about executing a sharp swing back to port with zero thruster pull, which Omega calls the tech turn. She circles the island island citadel rapidly. Following the circle, she they receive a transmission from Echo. Did she get Omega to del- fly by? Yep, she did. Omega is delighted that Echo is coming to visit them. After exchanging pleasantries, Echo challenges Omega for a race to the landing zone. Soon. Which I thought was funny that he actually got there before her um, because he was farther out to start with. I don't know. Did you see the people scatter, though, when she was landing? (laughs) They're like, whoa! Whoa! They they weren't expecting it, I guess. She didn't have her backup. Uh, that must have uh, must have blown the breaker too. Yeah, no no backup lights. Beep beep beep. Echo lands on a large freighter at the landing zone and shakes hands with Hunter. Omega and Hunter shortly later land the Marauder. Omega and Hunter. Omega and Tech. Uh, Echo is surprised that they are not back with Sidron's Battleback on Ord Mantle. Oh shit. Hunter replies that they are reevaluating uh, those things. Omega is delighted to see Echo again and reveals that she has come to seek Tech's help in decrypting uh, data from a file aboard the Imperial ship carrying these clone prisoners they just rescued. 
Echo wants to know where the ship was transporting the prisoners and why. He thinks it's in the data. Data, 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 data. Did you see tech? Did you see tech at the top at the top of the ramp? <laughs> he had to hold his balance on the side of the door and was holding his head. <laughs> He's still a little dizzy from that fast. Too many barrel rolls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or university UEs. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I did with Scott. Scott knows what that is. Door flew right open. No, what? Dad's truck. Yes, it did. It came. It it came open a little bit. You exaggerate. I did not. <laughs> Maybe I was drunk. A little bit. So you know that best <laughs> western out there in uh, on, on the main strip, uh, Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah best yeah. westerns all the way out there. Yeah. So I did this. Uh, you know the drive there. It's got a, like a island in the middle. Yeah. When you yeah. first pull in. So I did a a. a U-turn basically right there, and I uh, hit the gas while I was going around. So the the back of the truck kind of went around instead of uh, and uh, Scott's door wasn't closed all the way. <laughs> you were able to execute that quickly. It was all right. You I had to grab out. him. I had anyway. Fun times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. So back on Wayland, Dr. Hamlock tries to reassure uh, Governor Willow Tarkin that the loss of the ship will not compromise the Wayland facility. Tarkin disagrees, but Hemlock vouches for their security protocols. Hemlock is concerned about how the ship was targeted, and Tarkin speculates that the leak was the work of rogue clone elements within the Imperial hierarchy. He is concerned that their growing number of clones are questioning Imperial orders. Hemlock warns Uh-oh. that eliminating dissident clones will not root out the problem, but says he can find other ways of dealing with them. Tarkin reminds Hemlock to give a full briefing of his plan at the upcoming summit. On Pabu, Echo and Hunter ask Hunter if he and the other clones plan to stay at the peaceful island indefinitely. Uh, Wrecker plays with Omega and Lana. Hunter op- opinions that they that settling they've considered settling, um, and it might be a good idea. Uh, Echo explains that Rex has built a small network of clones, some of whom are hiding underground or act as contacts with the Empire within the Empire. Hunter warns Echo that the Empire is powerful. And they cannot be defeated, but Echo reminds him uh, of their brothers. He's doing it for his brothers. Uh, Hunter asks Echo to reconsider his war against the Empire. So what we learned from that is there's a much larger network in play than what we're aware of. Least of clone troopers, yeah. Yeah. Which... uh, Kind of, kind of liken it to the, uh, you know, the uh, underground for the uh, slaves here in the United exactly. States, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Big, a big, a big network of uh, that kind of stuff. Or the French resistance in World War Two. Yep. For the for so, the Jews and stuff. So, so we're we're gonna find out who was part of that network in the uh, episodes upcoming. Yep. I, I mean, we know. 
some of the big players already. Rex, of course, was mentioned in uh, Echo. Yeah. Um, if uh, if Scott remembers, Rex and Echo played a big part in um, the Rebels for a while too. Um, and I think it's funny that they're using this um, Trace Martinez's repair shop as a you know like a landing place where they're offloading all these troopers um, because. If I remember remember everything we've learned from Trace Martinez, she was always suspicious of everybody. So it, I just find it hard that she's actually letting him use it. Anyway. Uh, Tech summons the rest of the batch back to the ship via comlink because he has decrypted the, uh, the data. He explains that the Imperial Transport Echo hijacked was assigned to the Advanced Science Division. Hunter is unaware of that unit. Tech explains that it is a clandestine operation without records in its location or purpose. Dun, dun, dun. He discovers that the Advanced Science Division is headed by Dr. Royce Hemlock, who was expelled from the Republic Science Corps for unauthorized or unorthodox experiments. So, you know, he's a mad scientist, basically, right? He's, uh, he's the uh, doctor, or whatever, like of uh, the Holocaust. The uh, that guy's name. He was he was kicked out because he was doing some whatever. Yeah, I know, I know, I know who you're talking about. But I can't remember the name either. I think what his name is now? Dang it, Vorkin? No, that was the doctor that was killing suicide. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say him. Himmler was not the doctor. Uh, he was the one that was at Auschwitz. Uh, uh, Himmler was the uh, Himmler was a general. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doctor. Hey. Yeah, over the scientist. Himmler the scientist. No, Himmler was like the guy that wore the glasses, and he was like Hitler's right hand kind of man. I yep. don't know. It's irrelevant, but that's what this guy kind of reminds me of. Like he's, you know. He wants to do all these experiments on the clones to, you know. Yeah. Well, because they're they're indispensable, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah expendable. There you go. Expendable. That's what I meant to say. Um. All right. So Omega asks why they were transferring clone prisoners to him. And Tech says that he does not know. But previous records mention that other clones transferred to the science division, including Crosshair. Uh-oh. Everybody starts crying. Uh-oh. Wrecker was surprised that, that Crosshair turned against the Empire. Hunter asks how sure Tech is. And Tech replies that he found Crosshair's clone number on the transfer register. And he also checked all comm channels and found a recent distress signal from Crosshair on an, with an old code on a message saying Plan 88, the Seeker. Tech thinks that Crosshair is warning them about Hunt, about, but Hunter believes it's a trap. It's a trap. Wrecker asks how they will find how they will find out uh, whether it's a trap or not. On Wayland, Crosshair is fastened to the operating table. Hemlock and Carr enter the operating theater in presence of stormtroopers. Hemlock warns Crosshair that he will only leave. 
the facility if he is allowed to. He extends his offer to Crosshair a second time, saying, you know, I'll let you go. Crosshair is defiant and silent. Hemlock offers freedom again in return for helping secure Omega when Crosshair gives a defiant stare. He orders Carr and the interrogation droid to increase the drug level. As Crosshair squirms in agony, Hemlock smiles as Carr watches. Then we see credits. There passes out. So, what did you guys think of that episode? Episode. Hmm. Episode. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, was it? Uh-uh. It uh, it definitely had some back and forth action. That's for sure. Well, they were kind of all over. I don't, I, I don't see why why uh, you're saying Crosshair Crosshair defied the Empire. Or, or well, that's that's why they think the he's got captured. Just get written up. Get just get getting rid of him. He didn't defy anybody. Well, they don't know that. Or the Bad Batch doesn't really know that. Yeah, they don't know um, that he's shot his commanding officer and whatnot. Yeah, so you know that's defying the Empire by shooting his commanding officer. Um. I don't know. What do you guys think of a question of the week? I I came up with something, but I'm not sure I like it. I came up with uh, will cross will crosshair give up Clone Force 99's location? Will he live? That's what we asked last week. Yeah, get to him on dying. You you do focus on Crosshair, but is do the Bad Batch get Crosshair free, or does he get help from a sympathetic? Uh, uh, what's oh, her that's name? Car. Car. Yeah, Emily Carr. Yeah, is she sympathetic to the clones, or does she, you know, follow orders? Yeah. I don't know. Does I don't know. We'll see, but. She seems sympathetic, doesn't she? If yeah. Carr helps him, does he take Carr with her? With him? Good. I don't know. I, I, I would say she probably gets shot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think uh, Crosshair is thinking, you know, romantically or anything about her. So and do we, and do we see tears from Crosshair? No, oh, no. Yeah. Nah. But we do we do uh, understand that he still is sympathetic to the rest of the clones, or else he would not issue the Plan Eighty Eight. Yeah. So his loyalty, you know, to them is still there. Yeah, especially after what he knows now, right? Yeah. He knows that uh, stuff's going on, and you know he he saw all the troopers too, uh, in the. Uh, you know, being and always, t- yeah, yeah, being tied up and stuff. Um, yeah. So, I think it's like uh, we all know that next week is uh, the final uh, ep- two episodes, same same week, same bat channel, same bat time. Um, so we're gonna get a huge uh, ending, I would assume, um, season finale, and so on. So. 
Uh, there's mm. a lot that we can expect happening, right? We mm. we hope that that includes uh, getting Crosser out, right? Yeah. But we also know that this um, cloning facility that Crosser is at exists in the future, too. So um, they could damage it, I guess, and rebuild some of it. But we know this cloning facility exists in the future, too. So, um, you know, they don't do a Death Star and blow the whole planet up or whatever it is. They could just be stealthy about it. Yeah. Yeah, and they've been there before, too. If you remember in previous episodes, they've been to this planet before. Um, Because they rescued the guy on the top of the mountain. Uh, I think it was Gregor, actually. They rescued him from this this actual planet. Um, the, it was the one where they uh, where they had to climb the mountains and stuff, uh, okay. and whatever to get away. Um, not not the one where they were doing the cargo thing, but it was a it was a rescue mission. Um, because they got a they got a distress signal. Remember that? It's yeah, yeah, distress signal kind of thing. And that was a clone. That was that was Gregor that's helping out Echo on this episode. Okay. So anyway, uh, let's see here. I was going to mention that um, you know we're getting lots of eyeball traffic, but not necessarily uh, people listening to things and commenting on things. Uh, Spotify's doing good. We haven't really gotten any comments there. Um, as you guys know, I've turned all of the uh, all of these bad batches into videos on Spotify and the uh, Mandalorians for this season are videos. Um, be neat if uh, Amazon did that too, but they don't. Um, we have had. Minimal traffic on Amazon. Probably just Rick. <laughs> um, same, about same two people are slowly watching one-off videos that we've done. Nothing that's recent, of course. Um, and I was going to say, uh, we mentioned at the top there that we have, uh, we hit a new milestone record, so the uh, YouTube let me know that we've had over 500 people viewing our channel, and that's over the lifetime of the channel, not you know within the last week or something. It's over the lifetime, which is is not bad. Um, How much? Money I think there's a. I think there's a milestone of like 3,000 people view. That if we hit that, um, we can actually. Um, start monetizing on advertisements that show up on our videos. YouTube will put advertisements to the front and end, and it's nothing, right? It's like fractions of a penny per advertisement or something like that. But if we get, you know, popular, have millions of people, then we can make, you know, $20, $30 or something weird like that. Maybe. But that's that's way in the future. We gotta We got to go viral first, right? Um... Need to show my ass. We have we have four <laughs> subscribers on our YouTube channel now. <laughs> I 
and and I'll if you show your ass, I'll turn off your video. I can do that over here, you know. Yeah. The planet formerly known as Uranus. Uranus, yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about the feedback. Feedback. Black hole. I don't want to. I don't want to see that black hole. He's still. Um. No, we got to get done so we can go to the next one. Let's go. Um, Let's go. That's what I'm doing. So we were talking about uh, feedback. So we've got. Email address feedback at kylesorhanson.us. Um, you can you can send us uh, videos there if you'd like. You can send audio um, if you want. Um, that'll all work there. If you go to our website and look on the left-hand side, over there, I think, on the left-hand side, uh, we have links to feedback, questions of the week, um, in our social media. And you can also find where we are on YouTube there. Um, so the, uh, the feedback link will bring up a form. You fill it out, send it to us, and we'll uh, read it on the show. The questions of the week, you can answer those and then put comments at the end of why you answered what you wanted, or you can put pretty much anything in there. We don't really care. Um, Twitter, we're on at super underscore duper underscore pod. And, of course, the YouTube channel has comments that you can make on every uh, episode if you'd like. So that was our feedback, right, guys? What do we we want to know if you want to see Scott's black hole? Wake up, Scott. What? Um, right. What? Nothing. Uh, what? Anything else you guys can think of that you want to discuss about this episode? Can't wait for the next ones. Yeah, that's. Uh, Next couple are going to be pretty exciting. It's going to... Obviously, we know... I'll have to drink a Jolt Cola when I get home from work. Yeah, so you can stay up firm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you can just do it... You can just uh, watch them on your phone while you're at work. No. I like my big screen with my stereo sound. Okay, then. <laughs> he just wants to work. Who works? Who works? We all work, you weirdo. Let's go. Does this TV make my Thank butt look for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast? Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash. R A B R Kyledrickinson.us. That's no R-A-B-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-
Podcast.us. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. No way. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions Definitely not risk for present employers. Views oh. and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. I am Kyle Johnson, and this is Andrew Scott. Say goodbye now. Bye now. Bye now. We got Rick too with his uh, his uh, fancy ring there. He's got his wedding ring. <laughs>